Well, good morning and welcome to Trace. My name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm going to be bringing the message today, but I have a, a really important question to ask you first of all. Have you ever been unprepared for something? Like, like really unprepared for something. Maybe, maybe it was a speech that you had to give or a test that you had to take or a job interview that you were, you were in or maybe, maybe like first day of school, like you were completely unprepared for that. Uh, for me, it was a trip. It was an actual camping trip. And, and now here's the deal. I, I like to think of myself as a fairly intelligent and like decently tough kind of guy, but the story I'm about to tell you is not gonna bode well for convincing you of either one of those things, okay? And so just like bear with me, give me some grace. But, but uh, I, was, I was in college, that should be a good indication that something like stupid's about to happen here, okay? But I had a good friend of mine uh, and myself, and we said, hey, let's, let's go on an impromptu camping trip down in the Smoky Mountains, all right? And so uh, it, like for those of you all that don't know where Smoky Mountains is, it's, it's in Tennessee. Uh, they're kind of like hills here, you know, compared to the Rockies, but like it is beautiful, an incredible place. And so, uh, so we said, all right, let's, let's do this. And so I, I grabbed some, uh, some backpacks from a buddy of mine. We threw in the essentials uh, that we would need for the trip. And then uh, like we headed down to Tennessee for this, for this adventure. And we, we get to uh, the trailhead and we hop out of the car. And the plan uh, is to, to, to go on this loop that it would take about three days to be able to complete and kind of uh, see all the beauty and, and see everything else that's, that's there in the Smoky Mountains. And so we hop out, grab our packs and start heading down the trail because we, we want to get in as much as we possibly can in the first day. So we're on this journey and we're heading down and everything's going awesome. I mean, incredible scenery. We're making some pretty good time. I'm getting to to hang out with my best friend on this impromptu adventure. It's, it's awesome. Okay, but it starts getting a little bit dark. And so we, we figured, you know what, we need, we need to go ahead and find a camp. And so we, we look down, we find this like picturesque place. It's like right down by the creek. And, and so we like, we drop our packs, set up camp there and uh, we light a fire. Um, that's what you do when you don't camp in Colorado, by the way, you light fires. And um, so we, we, we get a fire lit, we, we get our food uh, prepared and then, and then we hit the sack, you know. Now, um, I, I told you guys this, um, uh, this was a quick impromptu trip. Now, I I've certainly have been camping before, but this was, this was the least amount of time I've ever spent preparing for a camping trip before. And so um, a couple of things that you need to know about the backpack that I brought with me. Uh, one, it didn't have any change of clothes on. I, I had like what I had on and that was all I had. It had a, a really crappy back and a sleeping bag in it. And, uh, and so uh, one of the things that I failed to do uh, before we went on this particular journey was to check the weather report. And so, um, so I'm sitting there, we're sleeping, hanging out, um, trying to get through the night. And all of a sudden, about halfway through the night, I wake up and I am just, I'm frozen. Like I, I, I cannot feel my feet. I cannot feel my, my, my hands. Like it, it, the temperature dropped over 40 degrees in the evening. So now we're well beyond, uh, below freezing. And uh, like as try as I might, like I can't get warm. Now, it might be hard for you guys to believe this, but in college, I was actually skinnier than I am now. 5% body fat, like, which is great for being fit, terrible for staying warm, all right? And so uh, I'm hanging out and trying to like stay warm. And, and the whole night I'm just tossing and turning. Like if you've ever experienced like, the, like a sickness at night where you can't quite get to sleep and all you want to do is sleep, but really all you want is for morning to come, like that's how I was feeling at night. I just can't wait for morning to come. And so finally, finally it arrives. And I kind of trudge out of, the, of my sleeping bag and, and I go to put my shoes on and I try to stand up and no joke, like I cannot stand. My feet are so cold, it feel like wooden pegs. And, I, and so like I'm having a hard time even standing trying to get blood circulating to my feet. And, and then all of a sudden my stomach starts to hurt and, and I start to get sick to my stomach. And so I'm, I'm over here kind of crouched over and, uh, and I look up to my buddy and I looked at him with eyes of defeat and he knows and I know that the only thing that we can do is, is turn back. The, the journey 
the journey was done. We had to turn back. We had to go back. The adventure was cut short because I wasn't prepared for the journey. Now, whether or not you realize it, we are all on a journey. We're all on a journey. This life that we're living has a destination. It has these like points of adventure all throughout it. And for some of you guys that are willing to go there, we're actually on a spiritual journey. And I know that, that those of you all that are here right now or listening to this online, you might be at various places on a spiritual journey, but there's also an eternal destination to that spiritual journey. There, there are points of adventure along the way. One of the things I love about Jesus is that he not only tells us that there's a, an eternal destination for us, that he offers life eternal, but he also, this is so cool, he also decided to allow us to be a part of this journey in this life. He says that you can have life and have it to the full in this life. I've got a journey for you is what he tells us. And so he wants us to be able to have the adventure in this life. But the question then for us today is this, are you prepared for that journey? Is what you have in your backpack enough to get you to where God wants to take you? Now, today we're in a series called Steps, and we have been for the last couple of weeks. And what we're going to do today is, is look at some steps of preparation. Now, these steps of preparation have often been called spiritual disciplines throughout the, the, throughout the years in, the, in history and, and ages, all right? Now, some of you guys, when I say that word spiritual disciplines, you're like, what in the world are you even talking about? And others of you guys might be a little bit further steeped in this. You understand it. You maybe came from a more ritualistic background, okay? Uh, for both sides of the aisle today, what I'm going to ask that you do is that you would come at this topic with a fresh set of eyes, that you would look at it a little bit different. And, and in order to be able to look at it different, I, I want to give you a different definition for us to start with, okay? So spiritual disciplines is this, all right? Steps that put us in the presence of God and help us to be prepared for the journey that he has for us. That's, that's what we're talking about. Matter of fact, we're not even going to use that word disciplines. Uh, we're actually, I'm going to interchange that this morning as we talk about this. We're going to talk about it in terms of training, okay? Now, a couple reasons why I think it's important for us to, to use the word training instead of discipline. Uh, one is because discipline carries kind of a negative connotation, right? Nobody likes to be disciplined, right? It's like not a good thing necessarily. We understand that there's benefit, but we don't see it very beneficially. And, and then some of you guys would just flat out say, you know what, I'm not a disciplined person. And so you would kind of opt out of this conversation. You'd, you'd disqualify yourself from even going down this road. And so we're going to use the word training. And, and, and one of the reasons why is because it actually, training has this connotation of training for something. There's something else on the other side. We're training to get to someplace, to accomplish some kind of goal. And, and it also happens to be the very word that Paul uses as he's talking to the church in Corinth. And so let me take you there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you've got your Bibles, you can open them up or turn them on. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to read through this, uh, this passage that Paul is speaking to the, the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So run, <clears throat> run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Uh, they, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I love that phrase, and that's where I hope to get out in my life, to, to run with purpose in every step. I'm not quite there yet, okay? But that's where Paul is at. He runs with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, after, uh, otherwise I fear that after I, preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
Now, as I, as I listen to, to Paul share this illustration with uh, this church that's in Corinth, which would had been very familiar with the, uh, the Greek games uh, that would have gone on in that time. I can't help but like harken back to my own like sporting uh, time that I had in my life. Some of you guys have played different sports, whether it's in high school or college. And, and I started to think through this, uh, you know, we, we trained uh, at a very strict regiment, all for the purpose of getting to a game. And I started thinking about it a little bit further. It's like, what were all the things that we did in preparation? For the game, and I just kind of made a list. I started. We, we did strength training and conditioning and practice and two a days and stretches and scrimmages and drills and shock talks and scenarios and, and we watched videos of opponents. And we watched videos of ourselves. And all of that was to help us get prepared for the game, right? So that we could win the game. So we could do the very best we could in that game. However, however, when it comes to our spiritual lives, okay, something that we should be giving much more attention to than than a simple game. Uh, if we're honest, if we're honest, most of us do this. We wing it. And I know that might be harsh, that might be, be hard to hear, but like, if we're being completely honest with ourselves and each other, uh, on the spiritual journey, we don't give nearly as much thought and time and intentionality directing our steps into our spiritual lives as we would uh, in a job or in, in, a, in an activity or a game or in your own personal life. Yet this is something that matters so much more. See, we limit ourselves to a few surface level exercises and don't engage as if we really have anything that matters that hangs in the balance. We often lack urgency, consistency, perspective, and desperation. And here's the deal. I can say these things to you guys today, not standing on some soapbox, uh, you know, condemning you for those things, but I can tell you those things because like, it's been my reality. I understand it. I have been there myself. I know them firsthand. And so here's the deal. I'm not going to be the guy who stands up in front of you guys today who acts like they've got this whole training thing figured out because I don't. Point of transparency for you, I'm actually, I've been coming out of a season over the summer where I've, I've lost some of my structure and I've gotten out of rhythms and I've neglected some of my training. And I, I, I got to tell you, I've, I've felt the pain because when you're not conditioned, when you're not prepared, you can't operate at your best. It's, it's just an impossibility. And so the last thing that I want you guys to gather is that I'm some super spiritual person up here who's got things all figured out because I don't. And if you want any evidence of that, just talk to my wife, all right? She'll tell you I don't have it figured out. Matter of fact, we've been having some conversations lately. One of the things I love about my wife is that she, she's never afraid to tell me how things are. And she doesn't always do it like the kindest way. And I don't always receive it the best way, but she's, she's never afraid to be able to, to call me out on things. And she did recently. She, she called me out of some stuff and I had to reflect on that and think about it. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not as prepared as I need to be. I haven't been because I've gotten out of rhythm and I've neglected my training. Now, with all that being said, I need to make a very clear distinction regarding spiritual training as we look at this topic today. And here it is, okay? Spiritual training is about preparation and not performance. Spiritual training is about preparation and not performance. Some of you guys need to hear this today. Like this is the very thing that you need to be able to hear. It's something that I needed to hear and I need to hear on an often basis. Like I, I need to hear this reoccurring. My, my, my point today is not to make you feel bad about your spiritual lives. That's not where I'm going with this. Okay, because here's the deal. Spiritual training is not requirements for salvation. It, it doesn't make you a, a good Christian. I, I, don't, I don't base my relationship with Jesus based upon my spiritual training or the disciplines that I've put in place. I used to do that all the time. You guys probably do this or have done this in your life. Somebody will ask you, hey, how you doing? 
How are you doing with God? You know, how, how are you on your journey with Jesus? And, and automatically, the very first thing that you'll do is you'll start to think about the things that you've done or not done in, in your life over the past week. You'll start to think, uh, oh, how often did I read my Bible this week? Or, uh, or how often did I, did I pray? Or did I, did I even go to church this past week? Or maybe you'll think about the sins that you committed. And that will be the determination on whether or not you feel like you're in good standing with Jesus or not. Guys, I'm here to tell you, our spiritual life is not based upon performance, okay? And these spiritual trainings have nothing to do with whether we succeed or fail in them. It's about preparation. And that, guys, if, if I could tell you all anything today, that, that's the thing that I want you all to see differently about these things that we do. And we'll talk more about those. They're, they're things that we do in order to best prepare us for the journey that God has for us. But we oftentimes, we use this performance language. Uh, we, we should all over ourselves, uh, don't we? Like, like man, I, I should have or I ought to have. And, and we do this all the time. Uh, but instead, instead of, of using this ought to language, what if, we, what if we thought about it as an opportunity to? You, you see, ought to brings shame and guilt when we fail to perform. And on, on the flip side of that, it brings pride and arrogance when we actually succeed, right? Neither side of that equation is a good thing. Yet that's where we oftentimes go. However, opportunity to reminds us of our privilege. Guys, for those of you all who are willing to hear this, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, died on the cross not only to give us life eternal, but to give us life to the full. And, and, and he's given us an opportunity to do something with this life, to make a dent in the kingdom of God. And, and also, he's also begin, he's broken the veil between us and God, and he gives us permission to be able to approach him with confidence, to be able to have a conversation, to be in his very presence. Guys, that's an amazing thing. And when you start to see, when you start to see this, these spiritual trainings as ways that actually get into the presence of God, all of a sudden you start to see it differently and it gives you an urgency and it gives you a, a greater understanding, even a hunger and a thirst for this. You know, I was talking to a student this past week about a relationship with God. And as I'm having this conversation, uh, she just couldn't quite grasp, like, what does a relationship with God even look like? I don't know. And so I just asked her, I said, well, think about like one of the relationships that you have that's, that's going well. Like what, what's the best relationship you have? And she, she thought of a friend of hers. And I said, what, what makes that relationship work? Like, well, why is that a good relationship? She thought about it for a minute. And she said, uh, well, because um, we spent a lot of time together and I, I know her and she knows me. And I said, bingo, like that is it. You see, the secret to any good relationship is, is time in and knowledge of. When you stop to think about it, like you don't, you don't love people because you like them, all right? I mean, there are family members, be honest with yourself, that you don't like, all right? Um, you know them, you know them really, really well, and you don't like them, but because you know them, because you spent time with them, you love them. And, and, and that's, that's, the same, that's the same formula it is for even us and God in our relationship with him. You see, he already knows us immensely. He knitted us together. He's figured us out. He, uh, he, he got us, right? But he wants us to spend time with him so that we can know him so that we can love him. And that's how we actually come to a good relationship with God. And it's not a matter of having to or ought to, but it's, it's a matter of getting to hang out with the heavenly one. And when we make training about performance, then we actually make it about ourselves and we miss out on the purpose in the first place. You see, reading your Bible and going to church or praying doesn't make you a good Christian, but it does prepare you to be one because it puts you in the presence of God. Here's the thing I, like, I, I want you all to focus in on here for a minute. Training does not reflect our righteousness. 
Okay, the things that we do, praying and, and, uh, and reading our Bibles and going to church and fasting or meditating, we'll look at some of these other things. Those things don't actually reflect our righteousness, how good of a person we are. What it does, rather, is it declares our readiness, our willingness, our availability to be able to hear from God and be able to be used by Him. And so the one thing that we're just going to ponder throughout the rest of our time together today is this. Spiritual training puts us in the presence of God so we can be prepared for the journey that he's got us on. That's what it is. Spiritual training puts us in the presence of God so that we can be best prepared for the journey that he has us on. Now, I, I want to I wanna make a bold statement. And, um, and this is a statement that I can say because I think that most of us are like the rest of us. Uh, and it's a statement that I have actually stolen from a, from a, a book, a guy named John Orberg who wrote this book. He said, um, um, the life you've always wanted. And one of the things that he says, and I, I would agree in my conversations that I've had, when I ask people like, are you satisfied with where you're at with God right now? Like, are you happy with where you're at in your place and your journey with God? Almost inevitably, the answer is no. Like, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now. Like, I, I, you're probably not where you want to be. And might I say that you're not where you want to be because you've not prepared as you need to prepare. Because you're not as prepared as you need to prepare. And the fact is that there are actually things that you can do to better prepare by putting yourself in the presence of God so that you would be where you need to be in this journey with God. So let me take you back let me take you back to this original illustration that I gave to you guys uh, about this, this journey that I was on with my friend, Kevin, in the Smoky Mountains. You see, I wasn't able to finish the adventure because I wasn't prepared for the journey because I didn't have the right things in my backpack. And this is the point of the, the sermon that I've really been looking forward to because this thing is really heavy, all right? So I'm gonna take this guy off, all right? Now, I understand the more stuff that you put in your backpack, like the heavier it's going to be and the more it'll weigh you down, the slower that you'll actually have to go on your journey, okay? But the more prepared you will also be for the things that God wants you to do so that you don't miss out on, on the adventure that he wants you to have. And so you don't have to put anything in your backpack. Like you can just, you can throw water and, and some, some food and like go off and do your thing, right? But you're gonna be shortchanged when it comes to the things that God wants you to do. And so let's just take a look real quick at some of the tangible things that I've got here in my backpack. First of all, I got some, I got some food over here and something to cook my food in. I've got, um, let's see here, what we got here. This is my hammock, very important on a camping trip, right? So you can rest and relax a little bit. I got my sleeping bag, got my tent over here. I got a water purifier. I got a compass. I got my headlamp. I got my water in the pouch. I've got my, my rope and my harness. Like I'm, I'm prepared, right? I've got a bunch of stuff in my bag. In the same way, in a similar way, if you'll go there with me, um, our spiritual journeys that we're on, we actually have backpacks that we can fill them up with things that can help us along this journey. Each one of these things represents something to us, right? That helps us to stay alive and be able to stay on the journey. In, in the same way, these, these spiritual trainings that we can put in place, they do that as well. They don't directly correlate, but they have the same kind of impact. Matter of fact, there's this guy named Richard Foster, and he wrote this book, Celebration of Disciplines. And, uh, and he kind of categorized these, these spiritual trainings into, into three different categories, inward, outward, and, and uh, 
corporate, all right? And so here are a few of these things you can see here. We've got some meditation and prayer and fasting and study and simplicity and solitude and submission and service, confession and worship and guidance and celebration. Now, understand, guys, this is not an exhaustive list. This doesn't include everything that there is out there for our spiritual training, but this is a pretty good list to get started. And as you all look at these, some of these things are pretty familiar to you and others of these things, you have no clue what they even mean. Now, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go through and exhaustively talk to you guys about each one of these spiritual trainings that you can put into place. I would highly encourage you guys to go like in your own time, whether it's a family time or alone time, or maybe in your neighboring groups to have a conversation about some of these things and how you all have enacted them in your own life. Again, not for the purpose of being able to show that you're an awesome Christian, okay? That's not the purpose of this. It's just just to figure out, like, what do you have in your backpack? And maybe you have something in your backpack that somebody else doesn't even know about, and you can share it with them, okay? But each one of these things, in the same way that, that these guys here, these tangible representations of the things we have in the backpack, they represent things that we need on our spiritual journey, whether it be sustenance or direction or protection or shelter or guidance, These spiritual trainings help to provide those kind of things so that we can stay on the journey and not miss out on the adventure. And and we as a church have done a pretty good job of being able to highlight a few of these. But if we're being honest, um, we've not prepared you well enough for the journey because there are things that we need to be doing or that you could be doing that would actually be very, very beneficial for putting yourself in the presence of God and being prepared for the journey that he's got you on. Now, a couple of these things, as I, as I look at this list, that we do a good job as a church, and I'll just let you all know of some of those items. Uh, like one of the things that we like focus in on is study. It's so important and so awesome that we have the word of God actually available to us. Like we can actually hear from God and understand his character and understand his design. And, and there are things that we can protect ourselves from like the things the devil wants to tell us by being able to look at the promises that God gives us and, and the identity that he creates in us. And it's all in the pages of the Bible. Like we have that available to us. And so we think it's a really good idea to be able to spend some time in that. All right, not again for, for you to be able to check a list and be able to say, I've read every day this week and therefore I'm in good standing with God. no for the purpose of being able to say, I put myself in the presence of God so that I could be able to hear from him better. So I'm prepared for this journey. And so uh, for those of you all that haven't been around here, we we have this method called D1 that we offer. And it's it's basically just a a Bible reading plan uh, that you all can do. And so if you all have never been exposed to that or you you don't have like your own method of studying the Bible on your own, man, come talk to myself or stop by guest services. We'd love to be able to give you this sticker that you can put on the inside of your Bible or a journal to be able to do this, you know, one thing processing. And so that's an awesome way to do it, okay? One of the things that you'll hear us talk a lot about around here is prayer. Prayer is incredibly important. It is a great pathway, if you will, of putting yourself in the presence of God so that you can be best prepared. As a matter of fact, we have an event coming up, the 24-7 or 24-hour prayer event that we're going to be doing for the very first time. It's going to start Sunday night uh, at 8 o'clock on the 26th, and it's going to go all the way through the night. And we're asking you guys, catch this, we're asking you all to spend an hour in prayer, Now, some of you guys, you hear that and you're like, what in the world? There's no way that I can actually spend an hour in prayer. Okay, if you can't spend an hour in prayer, hear me, not performance, but you haven't conditioned yourself in order to be able to do that. We want to be able to provide a training ground for you to be able to condition yourself to be able to spend an hour in prayer. Now, here's the deal. Those of you all that think this is going to be difficult, it's not going to be difficult. This is not for the prayer warrior. This is for the, like, the starter, the beginner, the novice. We got these six different stations that are going to be guided prayer tours. They're going to help you through this. You're going to get through them, and you're going to be like, that was an hour? Like, I could spend another two or three doing this. Like, 
understand because it's, it's a matter of conditioning yourself and training yourself in these ways, not only to be able to talk with God, but also to be able to hear from him. Serving, service was one of the things that we saw up here. That's one of the things we actually talked about last week. Aaron talked about this in the context of when we serve others, what we do is we actually take our eyes off ourselves. It's one of the ways in which we can become most like Jesus. And it allows us to be a part of something bigger, a team that we can be on. And so last week we had uh, over 70 new people say that they wanted to serve on a team. That is awesome. That actually, uh, like with the uh, existing people that we already have on serving teams, that that equals uh, over half of our adult attendants that are willing to serve. Guys, that is an incredible, awesome thing for our church, but even more incredible for you because that means that you're putting yourself in the presence of God so that he can prepare you for the rest of the journey. We also, we talk a lot about worship in this corporate gathering and we put a lot of emphasis on, on, on making this a priority, showing up on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 and being here on a regular basis. But guys, it's not so that you can check the box and you can tell your coworkers that you went to church. It has nothing to do with actually like coming here. It has to do with making yourself available and putting yourself in the presence of God so that he can teach you something. You can walk away better prepared. Hopefully you will today. That's our hope after every week. Now, I want, to, I want to go back here to this list here. Okay, now, some of you guys, when you look at this list, your tendency is to be completely overwhelmed because you're, you're thinking about all the things that you're not doing right now, okay? And others of you, you, like you're checklist kind of people, and you're like writing out your list of how you can get all 12 of these things accomplished in this next week, all right? Don't miss the purpose. Don't miss the purpose. These are not all things that we should just check off the box. These are opportunities to engage in the presence of of God, and there are more ways than you probably even realize that are available to you to put yourself in the, pres- uh, in the presence of God so that you can be best prepared. Now, every once in a while, I find that God wants to take me to a place that I can't get to without like one of these other areas that I don't typically tap into. Matter of fact, like I look at this backpack and, and, and I'd imagine like most of the trails that I go on, like I don't need this rope for and I don't need that harness, right? Uh, I, I, I'm not typically mountain climbing or going down into crevices, but every once in a while, there's a place that I want to explore and I need to go there, but I need the gear in order to get there. The, the same is true in our spiritual lives. There are some places that we can't get, that we can't hear from God, we can't be prepared unless we tap into one of these other areas of spiritual training. And this was the case for me. I'm going to conclude our time together today by sharing this story with you. Um, so I, several years ago, I was back in Arizona and I was just in a, I was in a place where I was, man, I, I just had a lot of stuff going on. I had some decisions to make. I had things going on in my life. And I just, I wasn't gaining any kind of clarity from God as to the direction that he wanted me to go. And so I, I spent some time in prayer and I spent some time in reading. I even spent some time in fasting and, and still nothing was becoming clear to me on what I was supposed to do. And so I was really getting frustrated because I'm like, like, God, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do. Like, why aren't you showing up and giving me clarity? Now, I remember uh, as I was reading through the, the gospels at this particular time, I remember like honing in on Jesus and how we oftentimes saw him uh, get away with God. And it just became more and more clear, like it was just like jumping off at the page and how oftentimes he would actually get away from everybody else and he'd go be by himself to spend some time with his father. And all of a sudden, uh, even though the answers to me weren't clear as to what I'm supposed to do, it was abundantly clear that I was supposed to go like, spend some time in solitude and get away. And, and so, so I, call up a, I call up a buddy and I, and I ask him if I could borrow a truck and I call up another buddy and ask him if I could borrow a kayak. I, I, I'm just realizing this. I ask people of a lot of things to borrow. Um, but uh, 
but anyway, so I, I, I called these guys up and, and, and then I, I head to this lake, this lake called Apache uh, Lake. Uh, and just so you guys know, like I had never been here before and I'd only heard about it, but for whatever reason, like I felt like that was where God was calling me to this new place to be able to hear from him in a new way. And there's a couple things you need to understand about me in solitude. Um, one, I, I, I've never heard the audible voice of God. So this was not like God saying, Corey, you should go, okay? It, it, this was a prompting, this was a feeling. Uh, uh, and the other thing that you need to know is that uh, I, I hate being alone. Like it's, I, it's terrifying to me. I'm a people person. I like being around people. I'm really uncomfortable when I'm alone. I, I get scared when I'm alone, to be honest with you. But I think that's exactly why God wanted me to go on this journey. So I hop the truck, grab the kayak, head on down to Apache Lake. I get there and I load the kayak up with a, a couple of goodies and, and head on down the lake. And the whole, whole time that I'm, I'm rowing down the lake, um, I'm just asking God, God, what do you want me to know? I'm here. Like your servant is available. Well, what is it that you want me to know? And as I'm paddling, I don't hear anything. I'm like, okay, all right, God, I'm, I'm still here. Like I'm, I showed up, I'm, I'm available. And so I, I get way on down the lake and I find this like a sandy beach shore. And so I pull over there and kind of set up camp. And by camp, I mean, I had a, I had a little fold-out chair and uh, some matches to light a fire and a, and a couple things to eat for food and my Bible. Okay, that, like that was camp for me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reading my Bible and I'm trying to journal and, and I'm asking God, God, like, what is it? What do you want me to know? Like, why'd you bring me here? And again, nothing. Like, I'm not, I'm not hearing anything from him. And I, I look over and, and I, this mountain here in the background, there's a, there's a sunset kind of coming over the mountain. And I, so I light up the fire and just watch this thing, kind of just soaking in the beauty around me and got my headlamp on my head. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, um, uh, as it gets dark, I, I hear this noise behind me. Now, understand that I don't like being alone already, and I'm kind of scared of the dark, if, that's, like, if you can say that out loud. I, I am, all right? So um, I'm already a little bit frightened, and all of a sudden, I hear this noise coming from behind me, and it's this hissing noise. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And so I turn behind me, and I got this, my headlamp on, and all of a sudden, I see these tarantulas there's two tarantulas. They're up on their hind legs. I don't know if they're hind legs or whatnot. They're up on two of their eight legs and they're like fighting each other like this and they're hissing at one another. And my first thought is, that is awesome. Like God brought me out here to watch tarantulas fight. Like this is so cool. Until I started to pan around with my headlamp and I realized that the ground around me was moving. Not because it was quicksand, but because there was that many tarantulas like I was literally sitting in the middle of this breeding ground or whatever it was of tarantulas. Of course, like I'm up out of my seat to throw the stuff on the fire. I've got my stuff in the kayak. Like it's dark. Like I can't see anything, but I like I'm not staying here, right? I'm getting back and going. And all of a sudden I hear this voice and it says, if you want to hear what I have to say, you got to stay. Really, God? <laughs> like, come on. If you want to hear what I have to say, you have to stay. You have to stick this out. You have to face your fears. So I made a bargain with God. I said, look, if I'm staying, these tarantulas are going. <laughs> and so uh, I killed as many of them as I possibly could. I felt really bad about that afterwards. But uh, I, well, I wasn't going to stay there with those things hanging around, crawling on me at night, all right? So, so then I'm sitting there and like, I've killed these tarantulas. I'm sitting down. I'm hearing noises everywhere now, like all over the place. And, uh, and I open my Bible up again. Isaiah, I don't even remember exactly what I was reading. I start to look at the, at the mountain and all of a sudden, God speaks. And this might not mean anything to you, but it means, like, it means something to me. 
He said, you know that sunset that you saw? I, I created that. That mountain that it went over, like I, like I created that. Those tarantulas that you're scared of, like I created them. Like that mountain lion that doesn't really exist, that's in the bushes, like it's gonna kill you. Like, like I made it too. Don't you think that the creator of all these things could protect you from them? You see, I, I was going there to seek answers from God and what he needed to do in that moment is he needed to dig into the caverns of my life and to root out some of the fears that I had. That's what I needed. I didn't need answers. I, I needed him to do some work on me that I couldn't have had done if I hadn't spent that time with him, if I hadn't stuck it out. <clears throat> Guys, God addressed some fears in my life at that moment in time. And he helped correct those things. And he spoke to me, not because I'm a pastor or that I'm some super spiritual dude, because I simply made myself available. See, spiritual training puts us in the presence of God so that we can be prepared for the journey that we're on. Now, guys, I can't tell you what steps that you need to take. I can't tell you what training that you need to initiate, what things to put into your backpack. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you this. Being in the presence of God is worth it, and it'll better prepare you for what he has got for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for speaking. I don't even know why I'm getting emotional about this right now. Um, For the fact that the God of this universe chooses to communicate to us and wants to actually have a conversation with us. It blows my mind and it quiets my spirit. So Father, I pray that you give us a hunger and a thirst to pursue you with all that we are, to find some of these spiritual trainings that we can initiate in our life, not so that we can look awesome to other people, but so that we can actually hear from you. We can make some dates, we can show up to those things and we can get to know you better so that we can know what it is that you want of us. Father, let us have an urgency for this life to know that we play an invaluable role that we're not just some cog in this this cosmic play that's going on, but we have a very specific thing that you want us to do, but it requires us to slow down and spend some time with you. I pray that you show those things to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.